This is Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. Wait, What? is your political recap. We'll tell you who's making news and what it means to liberals and progressives everywhere. And we'll interview the newsmakers that make it happen. So from the nation's capital, here's reporter Jimmy Zuma. And from the great state of Arizona, here's Senator Victoria Steele. And welcome back to another Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. I'm Victoria. And I'm Jimmy Zuma. And this is... And we're not saying where we're from today, I noticed. And Well, you know where I'm from. We're from the United States. She said that in, in the opening. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, outside of that, you can guess. If you don't know where we are, you're going to be in Italy pretty soon, so... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I can tell you where I'm not going to be when I'm in Italy. I'm not going to be recording. You're not going to be in D.C. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway... So this this really we we are at this momentous time in history and I am so glad that I can be here to talk about this. This is a truly courageous and yet acrimonious moment in American history right. and President Trump has become our third president in US history to be impeached and I don't say that with glee. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just hold on for a second because, you know, we're, our Democrats have really tried to not spike the ball on this successful impeachment. But to me, I've been wanting this for years. I've been advocating for this for years. And I'd like to just take one moment to say, impeached. Yes. I love it. I love that. <laughs> so I really am glad that yes. he is impeached. But the process couldn't happen to a more deserving guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. But the process yesterday, listening to the, the the speeches from the Republicans and from Tulsi Gabbard, just have me just totally disgusted. And why is this woman masquerading as, 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 as a Democrat? Get out of the party, woman. <laughs> well, I think, you know, essentially what Tulsi Gabbard did is she registered and later commented that she couldn't make a decision on this, the most important issue in our country right now. She couldn't make a decision. So is she going to do that as president? I mean, she's just going to say, well, I can't decide whether or not we should we should fight back on this war. She should she should just leave now. She's, right. she's an embarrassment. She's a disgusting embarrassment to to the party, to to the people of Hawaii. Yeah, to the people of Hawaii. Oh, oh my God, please, the, this woman. But but the remarks from the, the Republicans yesterday, over and over and over, they were all reading from the same. It's as if they had three talking points. Right. And they kept saying them over and over and over. And every time I would hear them say that 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 Trump has done nothing wrong. I'm thinking, oh my God, where the hell are your morals? Where are your values? What family values are you talking about? Because this guy is awful. He has done so many things wrong. And they've just boiled it down to a, a couple of main issues that they think they can impeach him on. And these morons are going on and on. I, I'm telling you, I got so depressed. I had to turn it off. Yeah, Could it was not disgusting. To it was it a all. disgusting display of fecklessness. 
I would call yeah. it. And and really, you know, you make it a good comment about how all, they're all saying the same things. It became pretty obvious as the day went on that what each of them were doing was just recording something to be on their local TV station. I mean, that was their goal was to stand up and say the same speech as the other guys so that, you know, the the KO who knows what will play their image. So right. they were on stage. Democrats were doing something really important. And to give you an idea, you know, some of the Democrats had really meaningful things to say, and we want to play some of them today. I'd like to start with a, uh, something from Schiff. And Adam Schiff, the first thing he did is he explained why the impeachment needs to happen. Over the course of the last three months, we have found incontrovertible evidence that President Trump abused his power by pressuring the newly elected president of Ukraine to announce an investigation into President Trump's political rival, Joe Biden, with the hopes of defeating Mr. Biden in the 2020 presidential election and enhancing his own prospects for re-election. He didn't even need the investigation to be undertaken, just simply announced to the public the smear of his opponent, the smear of his opponent would be enough. To effectuate this scheme, President Trump withheld two official acts of vital importance to a nation at war with our adversary, Vladimir Putin's Russia. Wow. So that about sums it up what the whole day was about. It, it pretty much was. That's that's just crazy. On the one hand, we had comments like that and some others that we'll play today. On the other hand, we had uh, obstruction. You know, they tried to spend the, the morning wasting time on these procedural motions. They wasted the first two hours of the day. Uh, I had heard that their plan was to delay it so long that the vote would be late at night. And they could, you know, say, and they voted in the dark of night, so you can't see it. <laughs> that was their original plan. Of course, they got outmaneuvered on that, and they did vote in the evening, but it was like dinner time. Yeah. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't understand how these people could see and hear the testimony of, of these what I think are national heroes, the people that came forward and testified, the witnesses in, in, the, in the House hearings, and they could hear that and, and still say, it's like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? This is so clear. This is so obvious. This is, this is just horrible. And, and you're looking at it and you're saying it doesn't exist. You're saying the sky is not up there. There's no sky. Well, it's even worse than that, because in private, they will admit that this was a pretty devastating case. And they will admit that Donald Trump's got a lot of problems and they would admit that they'd rather be rid of him. But in public, yeah. they tell these, you know, fibs. They tell these bald faced lies is really what they are. And they throw heroic people under the bus to protect President Bone Spurs. I'm sorry. Th <laughs> yeah, yeah. That ain't right. I thought <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> I, I thought it was really um, good what what uh, Rashida Talib said, Congresswoman mm -hmm. Talib. Um, I'm glad you I, said it because you made fun of me for saying it wrong before the show. Oh, so <laughs> you always get the names wrong, Jimmy. I, I do. Get them twisted in your mind. Rashida Talib. That's right. So you were saying 
I I thought she was was especially profound. Yes, and she only got one minute. The whole day, she only got one minute. And this is how she spent her one minute. Thank you. I rise today in support of impeachment. I learned so much every single day from my residents at home. Their common sense and understanding of what is right and wrong is centered on why they oppose any person using the most powerful position in the world for personal gain. We honor our veterans in this chamber almost on a daily basis, but do we ever follow their lead? where we serve the people of the United States and uphold the Constitution, not as Republicans or Democrats, but as Americans. We should learn from their sense of duty and responsibility to country and democracy, not political party. Doing nothing here, Madam Speaker, is not an option. Looking away from these crimes against our country is not an option. This is about protecting the future of our nation and our democracy from corruption, abuse of power, criminal cover-ups, and bribery. And this, Madam Speaker, this vote is also for my sons and the future of so many generations. So I urge my colleagues to please vote yes on these articles of impeachment. With that, Madam Speaker, I yield. And what I'd like to see is the Democrats use things like that, sound bites like that, to get mm-hmm. elected. And the Republicans that supported Trump, that are pretending they see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. What I'd like to see is for their commercials that they made on the floor of the House to be used a lot. Right. Because right. their grandchildren are going to look at them later and say, well, why did you vote like that? How could you? How did you vote? Really? Was that you? How'd you vote, Grandpa? People will be scarred by the, what they did during the Trump administration. People yeah. either will either be honored for it or scarred for it. And that really brings us to another uh, important clip already. Steny Hoyer, who is a Maryland uh, congressman, a guy that you know I go back way back with and have mm-hmm. known almost since I was a child. He's been in office 38 years. He... He talked about another guy, another Republican who was involved in the Nixon impeachment. In 1974, one congressman took the brave and principled step of becoming the first Republican on the Judiciary Committee to support impeaching President Nixon. He said to his colleagues and to the country, and I quote, it isn't easy for me to align myself against the president to whom I gave my enthusiastic support, on whose side I've stood in many legislative battles, whose accomplishments in foreign and domestic affairs I've consistently applauded. But it is impossible, he went on to say, for me to condone or ignore the long train of abuses to which he has subjected the presidency and the people of this country. The Constitution and my own oath of office, he said, demand that I bear true faith and allegiance to the principles of law and justice upon which this nation was founded. And he concluded, and I cannot in good conscience turn away from the evidence of evil that is to me so clear and compelling. My colleagues, that congressman's name was Larry Hogan Sr. He represented the 5th District of Maryland, which I now represent. His son is presently 
the second term Republican governor of our state. When Larry Hogan Sr. died in 2017, every obituary led with praise for his act of political courage. And the legacy he left allowed his son to become a popular Republican governor in uh, a strongly blue state. Wow. So he left a he left an honorable legacy for his son, and his son was able to use it to rise in his efforts to be a legislator. Because he had the the legacy of a strong, courageous, wise leader. Right. And we don't have many of those in Congress now. Well, you know, we have them on one side. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we don't have them on the other side. Yeah, we, we don't have them on the Republican side. We just don't. Right. Um, these people are not, they have checked their their morals. They've checked their integrity at the doorstep. And then they walked in. And they're, they're just, I, I don't know what they are. They're, they're a disgusting, embarrassing, pathetic excuse. They're not leaders. They are misleaders. They don't know anything about leading. They do know about misleading. They're right. cowards. Not a single one of them spoke up for the idea that maybe this was worth looking into. Yeah. And maybe these uh, criminal acts are serious. And maybe there needs to be uh, a reasonable look at this or even to or even to say, maybe my friends are wrong, but I respect them and I will let, let them have the opportunity to be wrong. No, it was you just want to do it. You just want it. And they all have that exaggerated southern accent. You just want to get them because you don't like them. You just in fact. This is the most rushed impeachment that ever happened, but you started it <laughs> oh, three and a half years ago. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God, please stop. That's pretty good, right? And then it's just frighteningly real. That's <laughs> just no, no, no. I, I stop it. Stop it now, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you the cross signal. <laughs> I'm going to exercise you. <laughs> of course, the point is not one of them stood up to tell even the most meager truth, even to yeah. say, maybe there's something to this, even to say my colleagues who are wrong about this are decent people trying to protect the country. None of them, not one. This is going to be all right because the people in the Senate are going to be adults. They're going to be the adults in the room <laughs> and, and, and they're going to see the error of the Republicans in the, in the House and their, their ways. They're going to see that. They're going to say, oh my gosh, we have to be the grownups in the room and, and we have to do this the right way because we're concerned about democracy. We're concerned about the rule of law. We understand the importance of our constitution and not undermining it. And, and we're, we're going to be good people. We're, we're wise people. So they're going to do this, right? You'd think. I mean, you'd think that that's exactly oh, where they'd be coming from. But uh, Mitch McConnell, for example, has already said he's not interested in having a fair trial. No, no, he's already made up his mind. He's not going to let already anybody help. said he's going to vote um, to acquit. He's doing the president's bidding again. He already said that he is coordinating the president's trial with the president's office. Yes. So he's coordinating with the perpetrator. Right. Yes. Wow. I never thought. It blows your mind. And, and then Martha McSally? Holy cow. 
But you know what? I, I truly didn't expect any more than that from her. So I guess I'm not too excited to, you know, but she's already said she sees no reason for impeachment. Nothing that rises to the level of impeachment. What the hell would rise to the level of impeachment, woman? Jeez. I know. I know. <sighs> it's, it's really um, a sad show uh, aimed at their base. Yeah. I don't think it's particularly effective with people who are undecided or who voted for Trump last time, don't like him this time. I don't think they, you know, gained anything by the, this obstruction. Well, to, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was interviewed or was uh, they, CNN did a report about her. So 86 year old Supreme Court justice, she was talking about impeachment bias. She said she hopes that there will be good people on both sides of the aisle who say, stop this dysfunction. She also said that if a senator reveals bias, he or she should be disqualified from the trial. Boom. Do what I say. Don't hold your breath, yeah. dear Ruth. <laughs> yeah. No, she can't hold her breath because she's old and we want to keep her there. <laughs> Don't stop breathing. That's not the way today's <laughs> Republican Party works. Yeah. No. And, um, you know, I, I'm pretty much convinced at this point that the only solution to the problems we're having in this country is to take down the Republican Party and that we are now engaged in a war between people who want to protect democracy and people who want to subvert it. And so if you want to keep this a democratic country, you need to go check your registration, get ready to vote, uh, make your make your viewpoint known. But we are not we are not going to be able to just you know, try and cooperate our way into a solution here. This is war. And and you said it earlier when we were talking before the show, and I can't remember exactly, but it was really good about the, the choice. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think the, the main, when, when, when it all comes down and the Senate does their scammy no witness trial, which has never been done in the history of trials, and no trial has ever had no witnesses except mm -hmm. for maybe Judge Roy Bean's trials. And um, when it all is said and done, what we've done is drawn a clear, bright line between the lawful party and the lawless party. So your uh, decision on election day is really easy. Do you want to be associated with the lawful party or do you want to be associated with the lawless group of embezzlers, basically. Yeah. And it's an easy choice. You know, it's an easy choice to make based on your ethics. And do you really, really, in your heart of hearts, want your grandchildren, want the people who read about you in the history books to know that you were on the side of the man who was ranting for hours last night while the vote on his impeachment was being taken. He ranted and rambled and raged. He's just, he's, he's just a blithering idiot. Well, I, I noticed that I didn't watch it myself because why would I? But um, I, I noticed the reporting said he was unusually red and sweaty. Yeah, he was. So while he may have been ranting and while he may have said he doesn't care and it doesn't bother him and he wasn't watching it, he seemed <laughs> to be pretty upset when it went down. Yeah, he seemed to be. He seemed to be. And going into this impeachment um, vote yesterday, mm -hmm. the uh, on the on the two articles, going into it, the polling said that there was this ever growing support for impeachment and removal from office. Now, 
pretty right. sure that removal is not going to happen because the Senate Republicans don't have the cojones to make it happen. But, right. or let's just say backbone, because I'm not just talking about men. I'm talking about the women in there as well. So they're, they're probably not going to do it. Yeah, we don't really have any polling post-impeachment yet. That should be coming in the next couple of days, and we'll see if there was a bump. All indications are that everybody just, you know, the Republicans are willing to believe their own lies, and the Democrats are, you know, willing to do what they need to do. So maybe nothing will change. I don't think that the the Democrats will be hurt by this. They certainly won't be hurt on Election Day. They'll be remembered as the ones who tried to protect the country. And the Republicans will be remembered as the people who didn't. Now, that works for a lot of them. You know, the, the, like the the congressman, the Republican voter knows that Trump lies, but doesn't seem to care. Yeah. They know that he's using the government to enrich himself, but they don't seem to care. And that's, you know, that's if you do check the inside of the polling, that's what you learn. They're willing to say Trump's lying, but they're not willing to say Trump should be removed from office. And it's it's so odd. It's so tribal and it's un- inexplicable. Now, one of the one of the big complaints that Republicans made over and over and over and over yesterday was of course that the impeachment was really rushed. And the second one was that w- these people, the uh, Democrats have wanted to do this since Trump arrived in office. That's not true. Well, you know, Steny Hoyer had something to say about that, too. We've heard from Republicans that this impeachment really has to do with policy differences, though, or how we feel personally about the president, about his temperament, or that we simply dislike him. Throughout the Trump presidency, Democrats have resisted pursuing impeachment, even as we watched with dismay and disgust at a pattern of wrongdoing. That pattern included ordering federal agencies to lie to the public, firing the FBI director for refusing to end investigations of his campaign, siding with Vladimir Putin against our intelligence agencies, taking funding away from the military to put towards an ineffective border wall, and setting policies that have led the separation of families and caging of children. We have to be sure deep disagreements with the policies and actions taken by this president. There's been a lot of talk about the 63 million people who voted for Mr. Trump. Little talk about the 65 million people who voted for Hillary Clinton. The policy difference or those votes, this president was elected legitimately. The House will stay in order. The gentleman deserves to be heard. Gentleman's recognized. Because we have an electoral college. But none of these are reasons to pursue what Chairman Schiff has called a wrenching process for the nation. In fact, Democrats rejected that process emphatically in three specific votes. In December of 2017, Democrats overwhelmingly voted against pursuing articles of impeachment, including the Speaker and myself. We did so again in 2018 with over 60% of the Democrats rejecting pursuing articles of impeachment. And again, just months ago, in July of 2019, 60% of the Democrats said no 
to pursuing articles of impeachment just days before the infamous July 25th telephone call. We'll be back in a moment after a word from our sponsor. And we are back with more wrap-up of yesterday's historic impeachment announcement. And um, I, I spent yesterday being depressed, being depressed, hearing those Republicans say these horrible lies all day long. I just, I could not listen to it. It was just so wretching, just gut-wrenching stuff. But Today, I'm feeling better. Impeached. Donald Trump is impeached. And and this is going to matter at the polls. This is right. going to matter at the polls. Well, it's going to matter at the polls. It's going to matter the rest of his life. Yep. And for now, every time he's written about, the first paragraph will mention impeachment. And if he doesn't get any other penalty for, you know, acting like an ass, um, then he he now has that penalty. And we know his image is important to him, you know? Oh, yeah. It certainly is. It certainly is. But the most important thing is you have an easy choice at the polls. The lawless party or the lawful party. You decide who you want to be associated with. And I'm sure most of our listeners are already on the right side. But that's a decision that ethical Republicans are going to have to face. So what's next? What happens next? What do you think the timeline is going to be? Because I know Nancy Pelosi's holding off on um, handing those articles of impeachment over to the Senate so that they can get started on on uh, Mitch McConnell's obstruction of justice. Right. She's looking for some information from Mitch McConnell about what kind of trial he's going to hold and what who the witnesses will be and how it will go. Um, holding back the impeachment articles is either a brilliant strategy or a tactical mistake. And hmm. to me, I, you know, kind of go the other way from all the other pundits. And I, I think it's just a tactical mistake. I don't think there's anything to be gained by slowing down the urgency of this process. We all know that this needs to be done because Trump, every day he's in office, he's, he's a danger. And I think it undercuts, you know, some of the, the democratic arguments. Now, on the other hand, Nancy Pelosi has proved me wrong before. Yeah. She's pretty smart. She's she's a sharp cookie. She's very smart. Yeah. Yeah, she really is. Has she been named woman of the year by time or? Probably, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to check on that. Um, so after that happens, everybody goes away. Everybody is, is going away. Uh, Congress will be closed. And for two weeks, and so nothing will happen during the Christmas recess. They'll come back afterwards. And I assume this this uh, negotiation will take place. Now, Schumer and McConnell were supposed to have a meeting this afternoon, but there's not much that can happen before the recess. Right. Uh, the recess now is this is the day after impeachment. The recess is tomorrow. So nothing much will happen before then. The articles of impeachment won't be transferred. And this all starts up again two weeks from now. So right now, what they've got to work on is they've got to pass the budget, you know, the spending plans. Um, they've got some some major pieces of legislation that they've got to 
finish voting on and before they go home. And I know that they can smell the jet fumes in in Washington, D.C. They want to go home. They have their own parking lot at National Airport, (laughs) which I refuse to call Reagan. I was just fighting with my daughter about that earlier. (laughs) Um, So then, you know, we'll have some sort of trial. I don't know if it'll be a legitimate trial or they'll run it like they ran their side of the impeachment hearings. We will see. And the business of, of the country will have to get done. Now, one of the complaints Republicans have had is that the Congress hasn't done anything during this time. All they've been done is focused on impeachment. Now, I don't know if that I don't know if the time their period they're talking about is the very short amount of time it took to impeach them or every day since the, um, you know, the three years ago when they wanted to impeach him, um, according to Republicans. It just doesn't hold water that the Democrats didn't do anything. They've passed 400 bills. And they're all sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. Right. And he's holding them hostage. He has no intention of letting them go through. So they managed to pass 400 bills. I think 20 or 30 of them made it out of the Senate. And I don't know how many Trump signed. But if you want to talk about who's working and who's watching Fox News, it's pretty easy to tell. Right. Right. I mean, they have been getting some things done and they've got the, the trade you know, deal to do and, and they've got the budget and, and they've been getting things done. So how the, the economy, according to, um, we've got the neighbor's dog howling in the background. Oh, I thought maybe it was a coyote. No, <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's the neighbor's dog. So with the economy, you know, what I'm hearing Trump say over and over and over that, you know, the economy's never been better or that it's, you know, just growing so fast. And, and but it, it's not true because the people who are in the poor and, and the middle class um, wage earner levels or income levels, they're not doing well at all. They haven't seen this miraculous recovery. Mm-hmm. They're not seeing it. It's not trickling down. They continue to be trickled on. Right. There's been an exact swap between mm-hmm. corporate taxes and personal income taxes. People now have to pay the taxes that corporations used to pay. And that's what has happened. Uh, the other thing to know here, and this is maybe too far into the weeds, but in fact, when the Fed lowers interest rates. They are basically screwing the poorest people whose only way to save money is through a thrift savings account. Now, if the Fed lowers interest rates, the interest rates paid by savings accounts are lower. Now they're under 1%. So you can't really grow your money in the way that you always could in the past. Stock market you know, is doing great because right. that's an inverse. 60% of the people aren't in the stock market. But for the people that are, they're doing fine at the expense of people who just want to save three or four or five hundred dollars and have it grow in, you know, by 20 bucks in 20 right. years and uh, and have it there for emergencies. So the whole thing is the country's in really a bad position. You know, we're torturing children, we kidnap them, we continue to kidnap them. Yeah. Um, they're being raped, put them in cages, they're dying there. So I don't think things are so great in the country. I don't think the fact that rich guys are doing well is a good indicator of the economy. I think the economy is how it works for all people. Even many mega rich people are starting to say this amount of inequality is is unsustainable. And it is. 
you're not seeing the recovery. You're not seeing it. And you are seeing the disparity between incomes. Well, that's about it for us, I think. And, you know, this is our pre-holiday show. Our next show, we're going to be doing a wrap-up of the five favorite episodes that we've recorded in year one of Wait What? Politics with Zuma and Steel. And we'll be back with season two in January. Well, that's it for today's show. If you find yourself saying, wait, what? Don't worry, we'll be back next week. Subscribe to Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steel on your favorite podcast app or visit waitwhat.media and try out our quick takes. So here's the thing, commentary from Victoria Steele and the Zop topical explainers from Jimmy Zuma. I'm Monica Price. 